When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Navigation system. Please say a command. On. Ignition. Powered. Seatbelts. Fastened. Shift. Drive. Twin City sports fans, hold on tight. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, this is the Ride with Royce. He's going the distance. He's going for speed. We now present Many Hills for Deep Thoughts on the Ride with Royce. And, and for Deep Thoughts on the NFL Draft, Manny has broken it down That's after right. 72 hours. And then, of course, the free agent signings again on Sunday, which have become just about as important as the late rounds of the draft. That's right. right. And this is a late round edition of Manny's Four Deep Thoughts for the NFL Draft. So here is thought number one. With the 141st pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Seattle Seahawks select Shaquem Griffin, linebacker, Central Florida. Pat, how about this kid, man? Yeah. Uh, this is a great story. I love it. Yes. Um, no left hand from birth, right? Right. And, uh, twin brother. and Yeah, Shaquille and, Griffin. He's going to play, uh, going to join his twin brother, Shaquille Griffin, with the Seattle Seahawks. So it's a very, very, very cool story. And uh, he's, uh, how did he do? Was he a very effective player in Central Florida? Was yeah. He, very good? he was a pretty good, you know, they kind of used him all over the place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was a pretty good pass rusher. And, got enough sacks. And, and he run. He ran some outrageous time for the 40 right I think it was at like the, at the combine yeah i think it was like 4 point i'm not sure the best i thought i heard 4.3 or something yeah like the that. best yeah. of any of the linebackers there or anything yeah. is, he, is he more of a linebacker than a defensive he's, back he's more of a linebacker yeah his, his brother Shaquille is uh, is a corner i believe so and uh, a little different, uh, they, they drafted uh Shaquille last year third mm-hmm. round maybe third round i think he was a third rounder yeah and uh this time uh, it'd be kind of this kid. They had him there, what for a couple of days, mm-hmm. but he hung around just in case, and they got drafted in the fifth round by the Seahawks. Pretty good uh, PR to say the least. Yes. Are they from where? They where's the family from? I have, to, sure? I have to look that up, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's going to be uh, it's interesting to see those twin brothers uh, playing together. And you know, I don't I don't know how. And our our guy Hughes played with them this year too, right? Yeah, played with Griffin yeah. Yeah. at UCL. Yeah. yeah. Very cool story. All yeah, right. Fantastic. And uh, uh, it's inter- it'll be interesting to see how you tackle. I guess you're yeah. going to wrap them up, huh? You're yeah. wrap them up. I got to think they're going to have him on special on teams early yeah. on, and maybe he'll play himself into a starting mm-hmm. role. Maybe we'll yeah. see how it goes. Yeah. Terrific. All right. Thought number two. I do think it's a good fit. I felt like it's a good fit 
you know, ever since I started talking to him, I was somewhere I felt, you know, I, I could provide a whole lot of, you know, value at whatever point that they call my name. I know I'm going to, you know, get up there and compete my butt off, to, you know, starting tomorrow when I get my hands on the playbook and, and uh, you know, do everything I can to prepare like I am the starter. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's my job to learn the offense as quick as I can and, uh, you know, make the most out of whatever reps, you know, I get. That is Oklahoma State quarterback Mason Rudolph, Patrick. He was taken in the third round by the Pittsburgh Steelers. My guy. And the reason why I have him on one of my four deep thoughts is I'm now curious, now that the Steelers have taken him, I'm now curious as to what the Steelers are going to do with my guy, Josh Dobbs, from Tennessee that they drafted in the, I believe, the fifth round last year. And I'm wondering what that's going to mean for my guy, Josh. Now maybe he'll uh, maybe he'll be available to somebody else. This kid's a big, strong, yes, he I, is. Uh, six foot five. He's he's Roethlisberger basically. Yeah, yeah. he has a chance five, to be very good. Yeah, two forty. Uh, I, I thought he might go earlier than the third round. I think Rudolph. a lot of people. Well, hell, before last season started, he was thought to be a first round pick, right? And then he kind of tumbled off a little bit. Yeah. But who was the uh, who was the backup in Pittsburgh last year? I, I think it was. I think did it was he, Dobbs. Did Roethlisberger get hurt and miss a game? Did he play or somebody else play? I, I think I Dobbs never came played. into a game, but okay. I'm trying to think of who who the mm. backup might have been. I thought it might have been Dobbs, but not sure. But yeah, mm. it'll be interesting to see what they do with uh, my guy Josh going forward. Well, they might keep the two of them and let them compete because figuring Ben's got eh, Ben might be ready to walk in about another year, don't you think? Man, yeah. he's taking some beatings. But he's the his problem is he's better than he's ever been <laughs> throwing the ball. He's unbelievable the way he throws the ball now compared to when he was a kid. And uh, Patrick, thought number three continues the theme of uh, former Tennessee Vols players. Screen pass to Kelly, and he gets some blockers in front of him. Oh, yes, he does. Kelly across the thirty. Kelly made another man miss in the secondary. Can he take it? The Gators get him, but he's got a huge gain. Man, that guy could play football. Yeah, you think? He he might celebrate a little bit too much, but I'll take him on my team anytime. 22 plays in their territory and no points, but Kelly might change that right here. Kelly, touchdown. Pat, I love this kid, John oh, Kelly, okay. running back from Tennessee, and he's another under another underutilized running back by Butch Jones at Tennessee. At My guy, Alvin Kamara, was the other one a, a year before. But uh, this kid goes in the sixth round to the uh, L.A. Rams, and I think uh, I think uh, Coach McVay is going to find a way to utilize a, uh, him. They found a gem. Are you saying what is he a burner or he, what? No, he's more of a physical, uh, grinded out type of guy. You can you know he can be effective in the passing game too. I think he might be a nice little addition to uh, give Todd Gurley a little bit of a uh, little bit of a break if need be. And he's a, I like the kind kid, of a though. run between the tackles a little bit. Yes. Okay? Physical runner, and uh, I think uh, I think the Rams will find the general a way to consensus well. is the Rams did better in the draft than anybody. And yeah, that's scary because they're very, already pretty good. People are very impressed by what the Rams did, from what I heard. On now, it's you know it's silly to to rate it too much, but every everybody kind of likes him. And of course, the other part of it is everybody thinks the Browns screwed up royally, which, <laughs> just because of the Browns. Yeah. All right. And the final thought is... The 167th pick of the 2018 NFL Draft, the Minnesota Vikings select Daniel Carlson, kicker from Auburn University. Now, Kai Forbath has got to be done now, right? If they they took this kid in the fifth round... And he can kick it from here to TCF Bank Stadium. Right. 
He's big leg. And just because we hate Blair Walsh from Georgia doesn't mean that they're all going to be. This is a right. bigger, stronger version. Not all right? SEC kickers no. are the same. No. no. I think uh, my problem is uh, I want a guy who makes all but two of his extra points. I don't yeah. want it to be an adventure. Right. And uh, plus this kid, if they just let him kick it, every kickoff will be a touchback unless you yeah. decide to get cute. But this this is going to be the guy, right? I mean, they're I, not. I, would, I mean, I would certainly. They're, they're, it seems like they're going to try and play it off like he's going to compete with Forbath. But you don't take this kid in the fifth round if you're not anticipating him being the guy. They right? probably do have to let Forbath show up in Mankato, though, and mm-hmm. make sure that <laughs> make sure that this guy stays healthy and he's right. everything they expected him to be. But uh, yeah, I I would say there's no, no day of all the guys they drafted. He's the only one that's going to play, right? <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. uh, Hughes might play some as a kick returner, but kick returners are, you know, a punt returner. You got Marcus Sherrill. Right. And uh, Sherrill's to return punts, and kickoffs don't get returned. And I don't know, Hughes is, you know, he looks explosive, but uh, he, he probably won't play much next year. And this O'Neill kid's not going to play at all, probably. Right. So it's, uh, yeah. It was a weird draft for our boys, but... Uh, uh, you know, it's uh, I I I think they think they're loaded. They didn't get an offensive lineman. A lot of people's up are upset, but they got four of their five guys back. They signed two offensive linemen, Andrews and Compton, who can't be much worse than Joe Berger, right? So, right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Anyway, the uh, yeah the uh, the draft. Uh, I gotta say, uh, I didn't spend a whole lot. Of, the only thing that thrilled me about the draft is we finally got to see John Schuster. <laughs> he came out of hiding. Schuster came out of hiding to announce the uh, Viking uh, draft choice, so that was good. All right, well, uh, we shall uh, return. Uh, we will discuss the uh, local American League baseball franchise. It turns to lose. Ground ball left side, base hit, and that's in the left field. Three consecutive knocks to open the fourth. For the Reds, here against Taylor Rogers, hammered left center field, and that's going to fall, and right in front of the left fielder, Rosario, and a ground ball right side, Dozier can't get it, that's going to score Jeanette from second base, right under the glove of Brian Dozier at second, and it's a 7-0 Reds lead, hammered high, deep to left field, goodbye, Home run, Adam Duvall. And boy, did that thing get out of here. And I mean right now. 8-1 ball game. Are you here by circle? <laughs> Bert could have circled a whole lot of mutts this yeah. week. And uh, uh, I went Friday night. I only lasted five or six innings. It was one of the worst baseball games I've ever seen in my life. 15-9, was 15 it? 15-9. They gave him a 5-1 lead, a 7-3 lead, and an 8-4 lead. And uh, they ended up uh, losing 15-9. to It was brutal. It was cold. It was miserable. Uh, Phil Hughes was awful. And everyone who followed him was pretty much awful, including Tyler Duffy, who came in, and it was BP. Yeah. And uh, one of the biggest surprises, he didn't look this good this spring, but you didn't think anything of it. Taylor Rogers was really good last year. Mm-hmm. He was really good when he came up and pitched out of the bullpen in 16, even when they were terrible. Yeah. And he's been bad. Uh, Hildenberger looked terrible this spring. He's been 
not as bad as Rodgers. But but the fact is, they expected Taylor Rodgers to get people out. He'll probably get the pitch once more. But uh, if uh, he stinks uh, the next time out, I wouldn't be surprised if they send him down and let that Gabriel Moya come back up and try it left-handed. He's on a 10-day He's got sent out for, you know, you got to be down there for 10 days. Before and Duffy got sent down yesterday, right? Duffy After. got sent down, apparently got all upset. But uh, he's lucky to get sent down Saturday because it was just, they decided to get rid of that Daniel Hale after having him for <laughs> one day. One day. And by the way, he refused the AAA assignment and became a free agent. Wow. So they spent the, uh, whatever it cost to claim a player, 20000 or whatever it is, 25000 to get three innings out of him, let him go. They've called up John Curtis now today to replace Duffy. Uh, Duffy, uh, I don't know what his frustration was. He, he was he, he was hasn't so been bad. Good. He's been terrible. He was so bad Friday. It was incredible. Yesterday he pitched three innings uh, to finish out the game, and what happens then doesn't really make any difference because the game is over. And you kind of called it on him, right? Like that he just... I don't think he has a mix, he just mix doesn't of pitches. Have a, he has a, the stuff. first year he came up, curveball, had a really good curveball, and the league didn't really know what they were seeing. You know, and he was, you know, 2015 when they made that run. He was, he was arguably their, their best, best starter, starter for yeah. two months. Yeah, But uh, he hasn't been the same since. And what the deal is, he was not considered an optimum prospect, you know, right. when he got called up in 2015. It was desperation, and he pitched good. So it's not like this was some guy that they were tying their wagon to mm-hmm. and that he had failed them. He's But he's been you know, given a lot of opportunities. Yeah, and he went back to Rochester, and he was pitching. He, the reason they call him up, he'd been pitching good. But these guys... You know, God love them. This 10-day disabled list has caused absolute chaos all throughout baseball. I saw today my friend Jerry Fraley tweeted that the the uh, Rangers just used the DL for the 15th or 16th time. Already? Yeah, because they, you know, they, because they it's need only a pitcher, they put them on in 10 days. And uh, I, I think they should go back to 15 days or just make it 12 days because it's, it's ridiculous. The, the chaos that they uh, that they all and these guys have gotten caught a few times on it uh, the, this whole we need a we need a they they got 13 pitchers again yeah it's a, just like it, you predicted it was March 5th I'm in I'm in uh, Molitor's office and he's talking about his four-man bench and there's everybody's in there and I got witnesses I said what difference does it make by the middle of April you'll have 13 pitchers Right, and he says, "Will we?" I said, "Yes, you will, because you always say you're going to have everybody." Since Gardy in 2006 has told me that you're going to have four four man bench, and by the middle of any time you have to use your bullpen hard in two games in a row, you go back to 13 pitchers. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, here's they to me deserve real criticism, and. I'll probably try to give them a little on Byron Buxton has a headache, migraine headache, and he can't Mm -hmm. play. Now you get snowed out for three games, right? Yep. And then he can't play in San Juan. So, but in San Juan, you already have 
an extra player because they let you because of a foreign. They had let him bring Lamar back, right? Yep. There was no reason in God's green earth to put Buxton on the DL for ten days, even if you can go back three days. So you could go back to I guess Sunday to put him on the DL. There was no reason. There was no reason to put him on the DL to panic, and then you go to Tampa, and he might have been able to play because they had him rehabbing Mm -hmm. on Sunday. So what if he misses two more games? So what if he's on your DL for five days? And you still get him back Sunday. Instead, you send him down to Fort Myers to do a rehab. What the hell is he rehab? He wouldn't have been rehabbing if he didn't DL him, and he fouls a ball off his toe. How do you... Yeah, it I made no I sense. Get, I don't get that. You're, why would you deprive yourself of this kid for five games or three or at least four or five games to put him on the DL and then have to send him to rehab? And now that he fouled the ball off his toe, he's going to have to go out on a rehab assignment before you so start they, using him again. It was idiotic. So they put him on, they sent him to rehab for his migraines. No, no. They, for, for no, he was recovered from his migraines. Okay. He was ready to play by about Saturday. Mm-hmm. But they DL'd him. So he couldn't. The yeah. dummies. So he missed the two games in San Juan. He couldn't play in San Juan. Yeah. So they went back three days and put him on the DL, not knowing how long it would take him to overcome the migraines. Well, by the weekend, he was done with his migraine. He was good. But the dummies had already DL'd him, and then he's down there in Fort Myers, and he could have done this, obviously, in batting practice and, or mm-hmm. a game, but he fouls the ball off his foot. Now he's got a broken toe, and they're trying to find out if he can play with pain in a week. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing was just idiotic. And uh, and it, it, it's, it's this whole... I need a pitcher. I need a, I, I, my bullpen shot. I need a pitcher. And so we'll do anything to. Uh, but part of the reason know, why your bullpen what, is shot they, is because Barrios was pitching a gem in San Juan and you pulled him early. Yeah, that's true. That didn't help your, that didn't help mm-hmm. your tired bullpen. That said, you could have knocked me over with a feather the way Barry, Barrios pitched yesterday. He oh was my gosh. brutal. Oh he my was gosh. brutal. Where did yeah. you know he got knocked around in Yankee Stadium? But where did that game come from? He was it's the Reds. He was awful, They're terrible. Oh, they just they beat him bloody. But you know what they did? The whole thing about him has for been first ball strikes. Mm-hmm. They've been reading the paper. They've been reading the scouting report. They hit the first pitch. Yeah. He threw a if he threw a fastball, lit him up. If they they, uh, they jumped on it, so he'll have to adjust and he'll be fine. But uh, so I think they've done uh, several dumb things here with their roster in the recent days. So. so we're we're very very early. We're only twenty three games into this, and there's a lot of baseball left to be played. But how long before they start thinking of thinking of making some moves to? Sell well, off some I don't of know. Guys. Well, here's my deal. If so, no, well, I think they'll wait. Uh, you know, till July. But mm-hmm. no matter what happens, but if Snow can't play tonight, I'm putting him on the DL and sending him to uh, to uh, Rochester on a rehab assignment when he comes off the DL, and tell him, you know, I want to see a different guy when you come back and bring up Nick Gordon and let him play third base. You might he's, as well. You might hitting, as well at this point. Last right? I what looked, he, got he was to hitting three fifty, and and let's let's look at him. 
He's your phenom. He's old enough now. He's not. He's not. Uh, you don't have. To, he played spring training. He looked very good in spring training. He's what twenty two now? Yeah, he's twenty two or three. Let's look at him. Don't uh, you know? Don't don't sit there and watch this idiot. You know this guy fall around, or you don't sit there and wait for him to come. And you've got to send some sort of message to Miguel, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I know that they've been. Uh, Maybe they've been trying this for the last couple of years. Whether it can ever be received or not is another question. But anyway, right? Anyway, boy, this this is uh, this has been pathetic though, and uh, and uh, Toronto in town tonight uh, with uh, Lance Lynn finally trying to get his act together. We'll be back. Our uh, loons are becoming injury ravaged too. Yeah. I saw Christian Ramirez banged right up now. Christian Ramirez, but they won a, uh, yes. a uh, exciting uh, win over Houston on a nice uh, Saturday night with a good crowd. So, Johnny Height, what you got? Uh, this update, Patrick, sponsored by Frontline Plus. Warmer weather means more time outside, but it can also mean more bugs. Uh, don't forget to protect your pets with the number one name in flea and tick protection. Frontline Plus, buy it today. Uh, Twins back at it tonight after losing those two out of three to the Reds over the weekend. Tonight, Toronto in town to kick off a three-game series. And we know how that usually goes when they come to Target (laughs) Field. (laughs) Lance Lynn pitches for the Twins. Aaron Sanchez goes for the Blue Jays. Uh, The Twins lineup uh, still no No Donaldson or no Batista, though. Batista's not with them anymore and Donaldson. And no Encarnacion. So they're going to have to find new home runners. They'll find find somebody. They always do. (laughs) Uh, the Twins lineup, no Miguel Sano again. Uh, here's your lineup. Dozier. Yeah. Dozier, Maurer, Eddie Rosario, Escobar hits cleanup, Max Kepler, Robbie Grossman in right field hitting sixth. Logan Morrison, DHs hit seventh. Mitch Garver catches again. He hits eighth. And A. Ray Adrianza at shortstop. Question. Yes. Which manager coach loves someone the most? Mike Zimmer and Terrence Newman. <laughs> Tibbs and Derek Rose. Molitor and Robbie Grossman. Which uh, who's who's got the greatest love affair there? Who, who's got that trio? I, there's a, quite a uh, quite a love affair between those three guys. The uh, Twins every called righty John Curtis from AAA Rochester. He'll take the spot of Tyler Duffy, who was optioned yesterday. Uh, also, by the way, David Hale. You remember him? He was claimed yep. off waivers from the Yankees last week. Pitched in one game, mm-hmm. then designated for assignment by the Twins. He has cleared waivers. He's rejected the Twins' uh, outright offer and is a free agent. Our buddy Doogie downstairs reporting he appears to be headed back to the New York Yankees. We got to find somebody that Bruce uh, Boudreaux is sort <laughs> of attached to. Who does he, he love that he can't let go? I don't know. Not sure. I don't know. Newly released documents show the University of Minnesota paid nearly $300,000 to settle sexual harassment complaints related to former athletic director Norwood Teague. He resigned back in 2015, of course, after two high-ranking administrators said he sexually harassed them at a senior leadership retreat. He apologized for what he said with his offensive behavior. Whiskey! Whiskey does strange things to people. The women signed separate agreements in 2016 and received settlements totaling almost 300 grand in exchange for waiving any legal claims they might file against the U. Terms of the settlements hadn't been disclosed until the start. One gal stayed on and got 50,000, I think, for legal expenses and the like. The Star Tribune and Wall Street Journal had requested the information. Mm -hmm. The Vikings have uh, or the NFL, excuse me, has suspended Vikings practice squad wide receiver Caleb Jones the first four games of the season, violation of the league's performance enhancing substances policy. He's had an interesting couple of weeks because he, he had his uh, crazy brother trying to jump out the window on uh, 
Zay. Zay, uh, yeah. A couple of weeks ago. Yeah. He is uh, the older brother of uh, Bills receiver Zay Jones and son of longtime NFL linebacker Robert Jones. He's been on the Vikings practice squad the past two seasons, hasn't appeared in a regular season game for the Vikings. Uh, Jones played collegiately at Texas and Arizona, signed with Philadelphia as an undrafted free agent before he joined the Vikings. Uh, Vikings re-signing veteran quarterback Terrence Newman today. Upcoming season is fourth with the Vikings, 16th in the NFL. 40 years old on September 4th. Yeah, man. Unplanned corner. Unbelievable. The Wild have re-signed forward Sam Annis. To Annis. A, they, uh, A-N-N-A-S. Yes. And they put in parentheses how to pronounce it. <laughs> Just, <laughs> to make sure. As a precaution, <laughs> Annis. Well, you know what I did to make sure I didn't screw it up? I went to a highlight okay. and okay. saw him scoring well, goals. On the release, they said, pronounced Annis. Signed him to a two-year, two-way contract. So the Canadian pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> what we're learning. He's 24, led Iowa in goals, and set a single-season franchise record of 26 and 70 games last year. Uh, this was Annis' Never second... Never been called anything else on the hockey rink, I'm sure. <laughs> no. In the heat of the end. No. no. Never. This is his second pro season. He signed a two-year entry-level deal with the Wild after spending three seasons at Quinnipiac University. All right, John Anderson, go for baseball coach, coming up. Time now for a live traffic update. Traffic coming up. Let's get our forecast. Now in the ride with Royce. Traffic and weather. Traffic and weather together. Sponsored by Account Temp. Sounds like we had a huge grass fire up somewhere around Rogers, but... Evidently, that fire's been stepped down. They're sending uh, all these all these multiple fire departments home right now, so that's good news. South on 169, registering 494 down to the Ferry Bridge, a 15-minute drive there. If you're on the northbound side of 169, 494 up to 94, you're looking at a 30-minute drive. Nothing but bumpers and brake lights for eastbound 394, 100 into downtown. The outbound side of 394 also dealing with building levels. Basically, from Washington Avenue out to 100. Demand for top talent is at an all time high, and account temps can help you find highly skilled temporary accounting and finance professionals who fit your needs and hit the ground running. Account temps, a Robert Half company. Thunderstorms overnight with a low near 60, 81 now. 80 degrees, John Anderson. You knew this would get here eventually, sir. Yeah, I'm going to die heat exhaustion. Now we go from the freezer to, you know. To the heat and humidity. Okay. Uh, Gopher baseball coach John Anderson. Gophers having a terrific year, 11 and 3 in the Big Ten, 28 and 12 overall, rated in the top 25, but that sounded like a heartbreaking kick in the shins loss last night. What was the uh, ball got knocked out of somebody's hand and two runs scored? Yeah, we had a closer in there, Max Myers, a freshman. He's 10 for 10 and save opportunities, and they, they uh, didn't uh, hit a ball out of the infield. <laughs> Had a crazy inning going on there, and uh, a walk in there. But uh, they have a turf home plate area, and during the series, there was lots of chops off the plate, and they had the bases loaded in two outs, and the guy chopped the ball in front of home plate down the third baseline, and Eli Wilson went and got the ball and, and made the play to first base, and the guy going down the first baseline clobbered our first baseman. He caught the ball, and then instantaneously the hitter ran, ran into him on the base, and the ball popped out, and Guy from third, guy from second scored, and looking at the video feed that they had, the guy definitely was running inside the line. His right foot was inside the fall line, and, and uh, 
uh, our first baseman was in fair territory, wasn't across the line, should have been called interference, and never was, and game ended. And uh, how long did you discuss this with them, or did they just leave? The they just left. They just left. I went, I went out to check on Cole McDevitt because he got okay. hit pretty hard. Okay. I was afraid that he was injured seriously. And uh, so I went out there first, and then the players came over and said, running inside the line, and by the time it all got settled, they were long gone. Uh-huh. And uh, there's no video replay or anything. And no. I doubt they're going to reverse the call, and they're long gone. But I have taken it up with our center of umpires and the national coordinator. And it's an issue in our game right now, Pat, to be honest with you. it's uh, There's people teaching their players to run inside the line and try to steal first base, and the umpires aren't making the call, and, and, and the guys are getting hit, and balls are getting thrown around. And, and so it's no different than we've had a big history in the last five years of hit-by-pitch guys leaning over home plate and they've taken care of that and collisions at home plate this is another issue where we clearly have to clean it up because it's not being enforced properly uh john this is a pretty good looking ball club uh, tell me about patrick frederickson your uh freshman uh, pitcher you told me when i talked to you this spring that you had some uh pretty good uh, freshman arms this kid's six and all big 10 freshman of the of the uh week again this week and uh gave you eight scoreless the other night uh what's uh how'd you get him from gig harbor washington well, Eli Wilson's from Seattle, Dan Wilson's son, and yes. uh, Rob Fornasier, our associate head coach, was out there looking at Eli and uh, saw this young man pitching uh, out there, and uh, we started on him, and his mom and dad have some roots in Michigan and Ohio, been Big Ten schools, and, and so they had some interest in coming back to the Big Ten, and he was getting the great attention from the West Coast folks, and I think he wanted a Big Ten experience, and we got on him, and, and uh, he, he chose to come here. He he was a late bloomer out there. I think in today's world of recruiting, everybody makes early decisions and commitments. And he was somewhat of a late bloomer. And uh, last summer was still in the market and was, could see where he was projectable. And he's been phenomenal. He's a three-pitch guy, and nothing bothers him. He just goes out there and executes three pitches, has an outstanding changeup. And uh, he's a strike throw. I think he's walked four guys all year. Really? And uh, just says, here it is, hit it. And Nothing seems to really bother him. He's been able to make big pitch after big pitch uh, throughout his career so far. So he's he's an interesting guy. He just sits in the dugout. He has conversations between innings. You wouldn't even think he was playing. <laughs> and uh, goes back out there and just throws the ball over the oh, plate. Here it is. Hit it if you can. So just shows you how once you can get the mind right, what can happen sometimes. Looking at his bio, uh, he looks like he's an all-around athlete, too. Played basketball, played football, and uh, and uh, it's, that might he's just he's he's not just a pitcher. It looks like he's an athlete. He is athletic, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, he's skinny. He's six 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 seven, and he's got a lot of weight to put on yet. And he still has a you know a, a young man's uh, face to him. But uh, someday he's going to be a big man. Uh, hope this summer we can get him on a, a better diet and, and put some weight on him. Get him in the weight room a little bit more. He's not going to need to pitch this summer. He's going to pitch plenty this spring. So maybe we can start to work on his body a little bit here as uh, as the summer comes along. Reggie Meyer has been your other uh, main starter. What's the deal with him? Well, Reggie, uh, you know, uh, had a spotty career. He, he started to come on the end of last year. He had to have hip labrum surgery. Oh, you were telling me that. A half yeah. ago, year and a half ago, and uh, he battled that his first year and a half of his career. And, and he's healthy. And uh, very mindful uh, of his brother, um, Ben, who's in AAA now. Uh-huh. And uh, so he's one of those Minnesota pitchers, late bloomer, but he's finally healthy. And he's another guy who just attacks the, the strike zone with a two-seam sinking fastball and breaking ball and changeup. And 
doesn't walk people, throws it over the plate, and that's the defense play, and you know, very good defense. And I think if you can do that here, we have guys that can make plays behind you. Is he, uh, uh, where's he from? Reggie? Yeah, where's he from? He's he's from uh, Montreal here. He's from the Twin okay. Cities. All right. And Max, he and Max, not related. Not related. Nope. Oh, okay. Max is from Woodbury. Okay. Nope, not related. So uh, it's a hitting club too, man. You've uh, you've been, you're getting good years at Tanner Vavra, and uh, a lot of them are hitting the ball. Yes, they are. Um, you know, we're hitting three or four as a team, and have have had a pretty consistent offense all year long. And I think it's reflective of the the lineup that we have. We have an experienced lineup, lots of juniors and seniors, and uh, they're all having pretty good years. And and so I think uh, uh, when you can battle a starting pitcher with a lineup and uh, it's been different people on different days sometimes it's the bottom sometimes it's the top but i think uh you know uh taren has been a constant for us all year um uh with the bat i mean he's hitting 385 and i think him and luke peterson uh, Pedersen, who leads off have, have been consistent and recently eli wilson's really heated up he's in the four hole now and has gotten a lot of big hits for us and Cole McDevitt as well, the first baseman yeah. catchers. Uh, hey, Taron is catcher. uh, uh healthy too, right? He's uh, he's gone through a lot of uh, injuries his first couple of years there. Yeah, he had a he had an old fracture in his back that uh, took some time to heal, and uh, it's called a spondy. And he's been healthy since last July for the first time in his career. So he's been able to work in the weight room and his reps on defense and swinging the bat. And we always knew he had special talent. There's a question of when he was going to stay healthy, and uh, he's been healthy all year. It's reflective and the way he's played as well. And uh, you finally have two uh, Big Ten series coming up at uh, Seabird Field. One game behind Michigan with a couple of weeks to go, but you don't play them, right? No, no. That's uh, what I don't like about our schedule now. It's really, we don't play four teams in the league, and so it really comes down to sometimes who you don't play and who you do play and who at home and who away. We lost one game at Purdue to the rain, so we're down one game as well. And uh, so, yeah, and, uh, you know, Michigan uh, finally played one of the top half of the league teams in Iowa last weekend, and Iowa lost two out of three, and they've beaten up on the bottom of the league. So it's a, you kind of look at schedules and who plays who. But, uh, you know, we have Indiana coming in here. They have an outstanding yep. team. They have the highest RPI in the Big Ten, and uh, uh, this will be a, a big series for us uh, to have them at home if we're going to keep climbing the standings. Is your RPI looking good? Are you in pretty good shape? I think we're around twenty-eight or so. Okay, uh, so you know we'll just keep playing. You played a uh, you played a pretty good non-conference schedule early on as you were traveling around trying to find places to play games. Yeah, we have, and uh, we have played a strong schedule, and that's helped us, no question. But seventy-five percent of the RPI is the record of the people you played and the record against the people they play. So the numbers are constantly being grinded every time everybody plays, and so it's not just what you do, but it's with the teams you've played and what their opponents are, are doing as well. So it's a, it's a crazy formula. 75% of the RPI has nothing to do with your one-loss record. Among your uh, seniors, who's kind of going out with a bang here? Who's really playing well? Um, I think, you know, you look at the, the, the senior class, uh, you know, overall, I would say, you know, uh, Toby Hansen was going really well, and then he had a hamate bone surgery three weeks ago, and he's just coming back. He was going strong. And, um, you know, Boxwell had a great start. Then he sprained his wrist. They were two seniors. And, and Boxwell just getting his stride back now, starting to swing the bat better uh, for the most part. But I think Micah Coffey, the senior third baseman, first baseman, has probably had the most consistent season of the seniors, him and Luke Pedersen. Luke Pedersen's probably, in my opinion, one of the best second basemen in the country. 
and just played phenomenal on defense and one of the better leadoff hitters we've had. And and so I think both Luke and, and Micah from day one have, have been the most consistent because they've been the, the healthiest. And what's the, I know you got Concordia, you're playing Concordia there tomorrow from St. Paul. Uh, what's the schedule this weekend? This weekend we got uh, Indiana 6.30 on uh, Friday night. Actually, we're going to have a short ceremony before the game. We're going to name our performance center, the hitting facility, the Glenn Perkins Family Performance Center. Wow, Perks have been kind to you again, huh? Very substantial uh, uh, gifts back to this this program, and and, uh, so uh, he'll get his name put on there on Friday, and then uh, 2 o'clock on Saturday and 1 o'clock on Sunday. Okay, well, that'll be fun. Good teams and uh, pretty good weather forecast. So, John, uh, you know, be nice to uh, overtake those Wolverines and win the Big Ten regular season. We'll keep plugging away, Pat. That's the goal. All right. Thanks, John. Uh, John Thank Anderson. This is uh, one of the best Gopher teams in uh, quite a while, so you might want to get over Pretty there. Good. Hey, if you want to if you want to see some good baseball in Minneapolis, you might want to go over there. Yeah. Uh, Give them a shot. Give them a shot because uh, right now what's going on a few miles away will make you sick. We'll be back. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick? While television coverage was focusing on a picture of Celis' opponent, Celis was stabbed in the back and she can be heard crying out in pain. Her attacker was quickly subdued by other spectators and security guards. Celis managed to take a couple of steps forward before being helped to the ground. The wound was described as between one and two centimeters deep. Celis was eventually put on a stretcher and taken to a nearby hospital. 25 years ago today, tennis star Monica Seles was stabbed uh, during a first-round match at the Hamburg Open. Uh, the guy was a psychotic uh, fan of Steffi Graf, who had been the number one player in the world until Seles came along as this young phenom. Uh, guy's name was Gunter Parch. He reached over. She was she came, she was sitting between games, and he reached over and stabbed her uh, between the shoulders. She uh, had been playing in the Hamburg Open against Magdalena Maliba. Uh, the guy was, as they told you in that little clip, he was uh, grabbed right away before he could do anything worse. She recovered from her physical injuries, but was left with uh, emotional scars and didn't play again professional for two years. She was only 19 when this happened and was one of the greatest young players of all time. Uh, He contended he was only trying to hurt Celis, not kill her. He just wanted Steffi to get back the number one ranking, which, of course, Steffi was absolutely destroyed by this herself emotionally. Uh, He received a two-year suspended sentence, by the way. Celis uh, wow. uh, was angered by the Lanian verdict, and uh, and uh, he, the, they, he there was a retrial, and uh, the 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 suspended sentence was upheld again. In August 1995, Celis finally returned to tennis, and a month later at the U.S. Open finals, I was there. She played Steffi in the finals, uh, and uh, the only time I, I covered the U.S. Open, uh, Graf defeated her. Uh, but uh, she she won her final final Grand Slam title the next year. Monica Sella stabbed uh, 25 years ago. To-